Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series here at the Abbey. I got to sit down with Jimmy's Hall movement director, Vicky Manderson, and she talked with me about her process of essential collaboration, the first few steps of building the show's movement language, how she works with the cast to locate the physical words within the body, digging deep to find that depth of movement made for them, by them, that fit the shape of the story that needs to be told. We talk further about the relentless tide of emotion generated in one particular scene in the production and then go beyond the hall door and talk title fights, hard knocks, jump starts, gear changes, dancing grannies and frantic assembly. Enjoy this podcast. Welcome, Vicky Manderson. Welcome to the Abbey Talks series. Thank you very much. You're fresh from a developing workshop in the rehearsal room, which ties in nicely with my first question regarding developing ideas. How does that... How does your process start on such a show as Jimmy's Hall? Mm. Where do you begin with that? Yeah, well, initially when we when Groom started talking to me about Jimmy's Hall, um, he he spoke. Well, we we made a, a play um, together with the National Theatre of Scotland, which has got had a very similar form to Jimmy's Hall. So he spoke to me a lot about that. Um, so I already knew the form of what he wanted to create. Um, and then obviously I read the story, did a bit of research, um, and he was very clear that he wanted it to um, have a real movement l- language to it. Um, and because I'm not from Ireland, because I'm from Scotland, um, I went away and I did a bit of research on Irish dance. Um, he showed me some videos of, of, of movement that he was interested in or companies that he was interested in. Um, I started looking at lots of images around the kind of around the time of when Jimmy's Hall is set, and also just like images that made me excited about um, how to make movement. Um, yeah, so it kind of it, it started from from there. That was the kind of beginning of it. Okay, I, I might get on to I might I might mine those ideas in a bit. I was looking at the script, and there is a note at the start that says there's no effort to write a play. It's it's a Cayley yeah, play. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that translation, there's usually a translation from page to stage, but what you do doesn't begin on paper. It sounds no. as if it doesn't begin. Uh, will you talk to me about the process of devising an idea? So it, mm. is it Graham that pitches that idea? Yeah, well, through when when the script was uh, first kind of set out in, in the, the chunks that we knew existed, the bits of story we needed to tell, um, we we went through the script and we kind of highlighted the moments where we thought there was going to be a movement section and what that movement section needed to what what it needed to do to the story. So whether it was to kind of um, enhance the what's just happened, like give us a kind of uh, dig a bit deeper into the scene that's happened, or whether it was to further the storytelling. Um, so from yeah, so so we we would go through the script pinpoint all those those moments and then from there I would go away and just kind of have a think about what like what atmosphere I wanted to create with each of those moments um MJ was involved so we'd we'd get bits of music or or ideas of music so we knew the the um yeah the kind of energy of it and then from there I would think about how to make it and that Sometimes it comes from like from images, from a photo or um, a piece of film. A lot of the time, I work with um, with like words. So if there's like a if there's like a a bit of the story that needs to be told, I think about what emotions are in that part of the story, and then I might take the those words and start to work with those words to make movement. Does that make any sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Well, because that's what comes across. I'm interested in how. So you're thinking through these ideas and you're getting inspired and sparks from these words. 
So are mm. you like standing in a rehearsal room on your own? No, so, so I'll, I'll kind of, no, so, so with the words, so say I've got a kind of collection of like seven or eight words for a movement section that I want those words, those, or the feelings that those words create in the body if I want, so I'll take those words and then I'll start um, allowing the, the cast to devise with those those words. I might say the word, I don't know, there was a word of like in, in one of the first dances, Graham talked about like that we were building the community. We had to see a community being built, a community coming back together. So one of the words I used was community. Like how do we how do we do that physically? How do we show that physically? So I would give that word to the to the the company and they would have to find a, a, a movement in their body that, that they thought conveyed the feeling of community. And from there, so we'd have like, you know, whatever, what is it, 13 versions of that. And then I would finesse them and I'd pull out ones that I liked. So, I mean, most of the movement that's in, in the show comes from the, the cast. It's all been created by them, by them. So there'll be some things that, you know, I would have they would make create some stuff I would film it and then I'd go away at night and I'd go okay what do I like I'm going to take that movement that movement and then I might be the one that strings it into a, a sequence but all of the kind of emotion and the the physicality of it has come from their bodies yeah because you can't prescribe that you're you're kind of an editor of those yeah, phrases exactly yeah yeah I just yeah it's exactly that I'll see what I like see what things like make you know kind of you know um, get me inside that I'm like oh that makes me feel that great I'll take that movement and I'll put that together with that one and and then MJ's obviously doing the music and we like there was lots of um do you work with the music from the start or are you working just with it kind of words depend. and movement it, there's always music there's always music in the room so even if like even if MJ wasn't in the room I would have you know a kind of Spotify list of like tunes that are always playing and Graham we we talked about that before we started the show and he got me to make a playlist that was all you know there's a lot of trad music but also like like the gloaming and things like that that have got a different uh, you know a kind of another take on the trad music um so that's always playing in the background and sometimes then MG would you know he would switch that off and then he'd start playing and we'd start to find rhythms and things with so I think they kind of they there wasn't one that was formed before the other they they very much like were built together the music and the how long a process is that how long do you have well, to I mean, play we had for like seven weeks to make Jimmy's Hall of, so which is a was it seven weeks I think it was maybe like six weeks pr- plus production week which is a long time but the show that I made with Graham in uh, Scotland. Um, MJ was involved in that as well, and again, that was like a was that time of strife. Yeah, time of yeah. strife. So that was that was seven weeks as well, and which is such a luxury. It's amazing because a lot of the time, like loads of the shows that I do have like four weeks rehearsals, which is when. But I suppose the thing is that with Jimmy's Hall and Time of Strife, we knew that the movement language was like essential to the storytelling. So if we didn't have all that time, then you wouldn't have the the kind of depth of movement that I think hopefully that we've we found in the show and the way that the, all the performers own that movement as well like it's so in their bodies because they've made it and because they've had like you know seven weeks to kind of really make it their own as well yeah it's it's um it feels as if that it is absolutely suited to their bodies yeah like I really encourage that you know there's some members of the cast that have got experience in movement and some that didn't have any experience in movement but we wanted to be able to create something that everybody felt really comfortable and proud to to do on stage when i look at the stage directions it, it 
it makes me laugh because it says such things as like Brendan Marie, Molly, play a reel and dance. Yeah. A- and my favourite is led by Marie, they dance faster and with wild abandon. Now, yeah. this scene, which we know we're, what we're talking about here, th- that scene encapsulates for me the whole play, the whole history of yeah. us w- without words mm. uh, through a sequence of movements. Mm-hmm. And for me, it harnesses a fury, defiance. Uh, it's an embodiment of masculinity, of fragility, and it's a suppression of rage and liberation mm. and it's unity and it's a collaboration. So I get to the collab- collaboration bit because it's quite a powerful scene. When you, you mention it there, when I look at that scene, it seems to me to be made up of slightly different gestures yeah. according to each cast member because you might have a an actor uh, doing that kind of boxing defensive stance maybe yeah. and, then, and then you have an actor right beside her with, I don't know what that is, but it's kind of like a bidding or something. There's a there's a tightness uh, mm. in her hands, and then there's this complete yeah, yeah, yeah. framework of uh, there's a force yeah. field of energy behind that. So I, what I want to ask you is about is was I suppose getting that from that eclectic ensemble, getting that performance yeah. from them, and then negotiating that collaboration amongst yeah negotiating that collaboration amongst the ensemble. Yeah. Well, I think like when you've been describing that scene, like all the words that you've used are words that we used. To, right. to make like uh, unity and defiance and oh. like they were all they were all words that we we wanted to that was the story we wanted to tell with that particular piece um so that's great <laughs> oh it, it gives yeah. me goosebumps I've, yeah. I've watched it so many times and it it but it just generates some sort of um because it ha- yeah it had to feel relentless like it had to feel like it it, it was you there's a fury there and yeah you can it's tangible yeah and you and and because um of what we've seen in the story at that point, like it, it had to, um, it couldn't just be like, like a short. It had to have like it had to go 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 Momentum. go go go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, with that one, like I remember there was a point with that one that I got really really stuck one day, and I can't. I know the moment that it was, but I can't remember why I got... St- I was just like, I don't know what happens next. I don't know, because I'd, I'd built quite a lot of it, and I was like, yeah, this is this is working, this is working. And then there was just this bit, and I was like, oh, I don't know what I don't know what to do. And I just went out... I remember having the music, cause I had all the music in my, like, um, on my iPhone and having my headphones on and just standing out in the, the rooftop bit and just, like... Just da- like just dancing to the music and just trying to find like those. So there was there's a section in it where I think you're talking about with the, where the women dance together, mm. and I, I started. Because it looks uniform, but it doesn't. Well, when it you look is. Closer. Yeah, because it, it came from because there's a lot. There's the four women start to travel forward together, and there's a feeling of like of it starts of like I don't know. There's a feeling of like femininity in it. It feels really like like I don't know I just love those those four women moving together and so it feels very feminine but then there's the frustration of that as well in this you know in this culture and so the, the word the all the words all the the kind of all the movements are the same but it's just those actors interpretation of of how they handle it in their bodies and you know, we and I would be talking talking them through. Okay, so this is this word. You're moving forward with this feeling now, but the way that they express that word, it's like the way that an actor says a line. You know, like every every actor will, will give you a different delivery on how they want to, you know, offend you with that line. They'll do it in different ways, and I think that's what's exciting about this company of actors doing it with the movement because they all have their very 
you know, individual interpretations of it. But we're getting, you get the same feeling, but just... Were there any battles? Because, and I, I think it's a very happy cast, mm. but, but when you say that, and, and then when I mention that you're like an editor, I would imagine an editor in an editing suite mm. gets to choose their best bits. So you're, so did you have, as any actor would, you know, feel so strongly that, no, this absolutely is integral no, to my character or no they, no I think because we made it like we, we didn't when we made the movement I mean obviously they're they're thinking about their characters all the time but they're making it as actors mm. so it wasn't like my character wouldn't do this because no but the sense makes sense to them yeah I was really lucky because we had such a long time like I think the, the first week of of um, the rehearsals last year was just music and movement like we didn't really touch the script very much so we were able to build an ensemble of of actors and really get to know one another and and kind of get rid of any get rid of any fear that they had about about moving or about playing or about singing like we were just able to really spend some time and dig really deep and just like sit with each other and get to know one another so i think because of that I don't know. I, I've everyone felt like they all had kind of ownership over it, and it was quite a kind of happy, happy making time. I remember like occasionally when maybe somebody wasn't getting something as quick as they might want to get it. A little bit of frustration there, but um, it never felt like they were frustrated about um, what they were having to do. It was just you know, I, I I only say that because I suppose it, it's it seems to be. Um, more readable when mm. when it's an actor debating a line, you know, as you yeah. say, a delivery of uh, of a line, mm-hmm. and then I, I would just imagine that in a movement, it's um, it's hard to convey sometimes the the sense or the meaning, and yet I'm sure you know you have to yeah. perhaps maybe convince and say. But the thing is, because they've got the skills as actors, be to be able to say lines, they have those skills. We all have those skills as as movers as well. It's just because we do. You know, in our society now, we we don't use our bodies as much as as we used to. Maybe, you know, like we we're not like a lot of us aren't very physical in our work. We're not out in the fields. We're not doing mm. all. You know, we don't use them enough. So I think like giving the actors confidence was my one of my main jobs, so that they felt like they could really use their bodies as much as they can use their voices. How does your work coexist in the rehearsal room with Gray McLaren, the director, mm-hmm. and the musical director, MJ McCarthy? Yeah, well, we've worked together, like, as I said, we did Time of Strife with NTS. So, and in that show, I was the, I was an actor in it, and I was the, like, associate movement. So I wasn't kind of in the creative team so much. But we've, we made really good pals in that show. So I think that we had, like, a, we've got a really great working relationship. And I think... Um, none of us are afraid to to kind of be honest in the room like we're all very up for comments coming from different departments and you know helping each other rather than than hindering completely it feels it feels really supportive i always feel very and i and also very like challenged i think like graham is i mean he's the kind of like doing jimmy's hall was like the biggest thing that i'd done as a movement director still is kind of the biggest thing i've done as a movement director but he has real confidence in me but he also will really challenge me like if something isn't working he'll tell me or if he thinks something can be better or if he's like you need to go and think about this like that I felt really pushed which was you know really scary but really exciting. 
When I was in the rehearsal room, in, in and out of it, it did feel mm. as if you were on the floor most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I am, yeah, yeah. I think because the way that Graham works, because he works with um, actions and he's a really visual director, so it's all about the staging and where people are and what d those dynamics are telling us story-wise. Like, he's really up for me kind of pitching in with that. So we're, we're mm. really kind of... Yeah, both there. <laughs> yeah, 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 all you the were, time. You were front yeah. line the whole time. Mm -hmm, totally. Uh, you trained at the Scottish School of Contemporary Dance and London Contemporary Dance School. Mm -hmm. From there, is there a decision that is made to be a dancer or to be a movement director, choreographer? Like, yeah, my decision was to be a dancer. Like, I just wanted to be a dancer. I didn't want to do anything else. Yeah, that was a wee while ago. I worked as a dancer for like, I don't know how long. When did I graduate? 2002. So... Yeah, for about like eight years or something, worked as a dancer. I, I knew you, d you didn't come out and go, right, I have to make a decision to be this one or the other. But it, it feels as if that those different titles have different weights beside yeah. them. Do you know? Yeah, definitely. But I think you kind of like, I mean, I don't think you should come out of college and decide that I just want to be this one thing. But I think that you are encouraged to do that from the institutions that you go to. And I say that as like, you know, a, an actor coming out of a drama school and going, I know that some some people that I, you know, friends have been actively discouraged from trying to pursue anything else but acting. And I find that really frustrating because I think that we can do lots of things. And the thing is, like, because as a creative, as a, an artist, however you want to put it, like, you don't make all that much money. So if you can do loads of things more the better for it like you, you're going to be able to survive if you can do if you're doing lots of things but is, so. is there a difference between those titles like so mm. yeah between a title of, of a dancer and a movement director because it feels yes it yeah. feels like um, a movement movement has come from dance but but and, and well, yeah because I think like in it's because I worked in dance for you know a big chunk of time um I didn't really know what a movement director was. Like, I didn't really know what a movement director was until I started working in theatre. I knew what a choreographer was. Like, we don't, like, in, in the dance world, you know, maybe it's different now, but when I was, it was very much like, you're a dancer and you work with a choreographer. That's how, yeah. that's how it works. But, um, but yeah, so when I left, I, my decision was, I want to be a dancer. And, and I was a dancer for, like, and then years. And then you switched gears. And then, yeah, then I worked with a, I did a show in 2010 with a company called Frantic Assembly and that was um, a show called Beautiful Burnout which was like a, yeah, based on boxing uh, loads of Scottish teenagers that were boxers and because it's Frantic Assembly it had a really physical, hugely physical language to it. It was the fittest I'd ever been in my life. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, so then after that I was like, oh I quite like this acting stuff, it's quite interesting um, and then started to do more as, as, a, as an actor um, but all the plays that I did had, you know, there was always a kind of... I was going to ask, physicality or... Yeah, yeah. There was always like, oh, we need actors that can move, which was cool because that's what I was really up for because I didn't, didn't want to stop moving, really. Uh, you know, it's this hat-wearing thing again. It's as if mm. you, you can't be. And then how do you separate the dancer from the dance? All of that. So mm. you're, you're there as an actor yeah, um, with your training under your belt. Yeah. So when you, say, approach like a straight role, mm -hmm. I'd imagine like any actor would would you would approach you from a, a a physical focus anyway. Do you know you start on you know from the feet up or something. You know you say how yeah, they yeah, walk, yeah. how they hold themselves. And yeah, they do. lots of people don't know. Oh, yeah. Do you know like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. It's like yeah, lots of. I mean, not rooms that I've been in, but rooms I've been like 
people will sit around the table for two, sometimes three weeks and talk about the play rather before they get up. But I was never in any I was never in any rooms like that. I was like, you know, in a room with, with Graham or I worked with um, you know, Frantic or a guy called Matthew Dunster, like always people that were just like, Okay, we'll we'll you know, we'll figure it out on the floor and that's the way I like to work. I'm not one for um, intellectualising things and my brain doesn't really work like that. I'm much more like instinctive, I think. I, I'm I would imagine it would it could never be a hindrance, do you know, because I suppose any graduate of any drama school or anyone with any kind of sense mm. would um I suppose do that do that work for a character. Do you know? So I can't imagine well, it could ever work, Yeah. Do you yeah, know? Yeah, well I think so. It's interesting. I've, I'm doing an, a new show um uh in the UK at the moment and we just started rehearsals this week. And I did like an improvisation with the cast and it was just a physical improvisation about their characters and just how they relate to one another. And it was amazing how many of them came up to me afterwards and they were like, it was so, so amazing, we found out so much. We weren't talking at all, but they were just finding things out about one another, the way they moved in space, the proximity. Like it, was, it wasn't dancing, it was just like moving, uh, responding, listening. But one of the actresses said to me, she was like, you know, I never... Um, I always go in from here, from my head. I, I never go in from my body. And she was like, it was amazing how many emotions came up going in from from that uh, point rather than from from the head. I was like, wow. And you know, she, I'm, she's a really experienced actress. I'm like, but it's just it's the rooms that you're in. Do you know what I mean? If like, if it's somebody who is a real intellectual director that likes to really pick apart the text, then you're you're gonna go from mm. from that angle. But then if you've got somebody who, I don't know, is trained at Lecoq or something, yeah. then you're going to go from it from that. Well, can you talk about that transformation? Because I, I, I do find it so intriguing how an actor would focus on a physicality of a character. Mm. It's like in drama school, you're taught to think about animals. Yeah. And, and sometimes yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, when I'm walking around, I, I do see people and how they carry themselves. Yeah, totally. And there's a... There's a physicality to them that you can mm-hmm. just match to an animal and totally. uh, and imagine maybe yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I haven't really worked doing that. I think it's, de- it's definitely got its value. Like there's a piece that I'm going to be working on next year or the year after that um, there's a young girl in it and we, we talk about her, the, the writer talks about her being like a bird and like that she's like that, that kind of the point of the bird taking off and that sense of freedom and mm. kind of light and discovering kind of by viewing like the rest of the world from up high like ah. so so definitely with that character because the writer's spoken to me about okay. it like that's a way that we'll start to approach that yeah and it's internalizing that as well it's yeah. um yeah internalizing that flight mm. in, yeah, in some yeah, ways. yeah exactly i was yeah. watching some frantic assembly workshops and uh, i thought it was fascinating how they worked in space, mm. um, whether it's just the gaze of yeah. looking out at, or, or, uh, at someone else while you're you have your hand on someone else's shoulder, and, oh, and where that leads your eye, yeah, yeah, and then how you just navigate around each other through. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's so simple, and the tension it so, creates yeah, in that. So effective, but so simple. Yeah, it's re- is it really interesting because I, I mean I've not I still work for Frantic sometimes, but I've not really done many workshops lately, but when I used to go into lots of schools and do them, like, the, when the penny drop, like, when the, the young people see that happen, they're like, whoa, like, their mind explodes. They're like, oh, it's just the eyes. And, like, yeah. Like, yeah, it was those steps so that they take. Yeah. But you're like, actually, just change your focus. Yeah, just change happens. one thing yeah. about 
that picture exactly. and it changes the, everything, everything in that world. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, Fantic are amazing for that. Like, just that's what I love about Scott, who runs a company, and Stephen, who used to be involved in the company. Just like, it's so simple. Like, it's not because they're super skilled, but like the way that they, they kind of approach the work. They have simplified like, it. Yeah. yeah. Which is brilliant. Yeah, I think it's really brilliant especially for you know for young people or people that are new to theater because it doesn't seem as daunting then it's like you got you got this so then we'll just add another thing oh you've got that oh great you can you know so it's just these kind of stepping yeah. stones building blocks yeah and it's just so accessible it, it's mm -hmm. in a language that any you know anyone can understand it doesn't have that um language that you have to deconstruct or yeah. have to have gone you know to college mm -hmm. to understand exactly or, yeah exactly I suppose I'm fascinated with movement pieces and, and so that could actually be works without words and, and mm. sometimes without music. And is that what marks out a movement piece that um, from a dance sequence? Uh, is, it, is it the lack of music or because I suppose I, I, I've been grappling with those definitions from the start? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, in my head, I suppose like dance, oh, I don't know, it's really hard, isn't it? You trained as a dancer first. Mm. Can you can you do one without the other? No. But I suppose like. But it's easier to have done one first. Well, yeah, I suppose like you know to train as a dancer versus being a physical actor mm -hmm. is very different. I would say because I suppose like dance comes with all the 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 technical ability as well. Like when I went to college, you kind of you know you got a ballet class and a contemporary class every morning. Um, then you got more technique so you're I feel like with dance if I was to say I was a dancer then I would expect or if somebody was to tell me they were a dancer I expect they have some kind of like technique and whether that's like ballet technique or maybe they're a really amazing hip-hop dancer that's got that technique you know but I suppose it's like the 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 tr the, the yeah the training of it whereas with I don't know I suppose physical actors or, or people who move they do they, obviously they will have some kind of training but it might not have that um it's a different skill isn't it it's like a, yeah 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 it's just um it's probably it's, it's in my head i'd imagine because sometimes i'd go you know to dance festivals and and um expect one thing and get another thing mm. never disappointed because actually i tend to like the movement pieces because in some ways, uh, they surprise me, you know, and they uh, defy that, you know, yeah. definition maybe or defy that technique yeah. and movement. Uh, but I think sometimes with like more, whether it's like, uh, you know, like a, a physical theatre or a dance theatre piece, you get more, sometimes it makes you feel a little bit more, there might be more emotion behind it. Like, I don't know occasionally when I've got, gone to say, say, say like contemporary dance and you go and see some contemporary dance which you've got amazing contemporary dancers but you might be just focusing on their technique you know you're impressed by them rather than being moved by them and I suppose I'm personally I'm more interested in being moved by the dance or by the movement rather than impressed by wow look how high that leg is or yeah that's a much oh better God, way of saying it did you do there like yeah. that's so impressive like but you know but then I, I don't watch a lot of ballet and I haven't seen a lot of ballet live but 
you know, a lot of people talk about how much ballet can really move them. And I think that some dancers can really do that. Like they have all, you know, because ballet is so about the, the storytelling and the emotion that, you know, if a dancer has the technique with the 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 acting ability as a, as a as a performer, then if those two things come together, that can be incredibly moving. So I suppose it, it depends on depends on the subject, the dancer. Was there a particular moment growing up that you remember thinking that I can do this, like I I can do this really well, dance? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I remember. So I always wanted to dance from when I was really little. Like just wanted to make shows and. <laughs> get my mum to come up and sit up in my bed with my granny and my brother would be like you know have to like pull the curtain or whatever yeah so I used to like make up dances and but I never I didn't know I was any good at it and then when I was about 10 I went to like little dance classes when I was really you know small and I I think I kind of remember people telling my mum that I was quite good but not really, you know, taking any notice of it. But then when I was 10, I asked if I could start ballet. So I started ballet on a Saturday morning in a church hall and looked really different from all the other girls because they all had, like, pink tights and a blue leotard on and, like, headband. And my mum had bought me, a, um, like, a kind of, like, shorts, a short leotard, if that makes sense. So yeah. the black leotard, but it had shorts attached to it. Um, and... I was wearing that and they were all in their kind of pink tights. But I remember the teacher, we were doing, she was teaching us how to jump. And I remember jumping in first position and the teacher telling me that I was doing it really well and saying to the class, like, look at Vicky jumping. Or like, uh, so I think then I was like, oh, maybe I can do I mean, I, I, I didn't think that at the time, but yeah, looking back, yeah. it was probably something that went, oh, actually, maybe... And I just really always really loved, I just loved moving. Like I wasn't particularly like technical at ballet, but I would I could shift across the floor. I could move. I could like, yeah. Could and is physical. that in your family? Like is, you know, you say you were doing shows when you were young. Yeah. No, was not that at a- all. It was, I think it was a bit of a surprise for mum and dad. So my, my dad, when I was little, was a shepherd. So I grew up on a farm and my mum worked, she's like a, a secretary. Um, she works for the council. Um, so there was like, but my granny, um, like my my dad's mum, she used to like doing like Scottish country dancing, like um, so like Kaylee dancing basically. Um, so she'd go out and do that with my my granddad like every Saturday night. And then on my mum's side, um, my granny when she was little used to do a wee bit of Highland dancing, but nothing like n- not lots. I remember her teaching me how to do the sword dance. We put like stuff down in the living room. So there wasn't really I don't really know where it came from to be honest. Like I was just just wanted mum said I just wanted to dance and they were like, Okay. So they didn't have they didn't know anything about it. It was like yeah. And then so then from steps from school to college, like I'm I'm interested in how you made that transition. <laughs> uh, and then also and then what was the reaction at home when you were going to pursue yeah. this? Well I think yeah, I remember like saying that I wanted to be a dancer. And not really knowing what that meant, because obviously there was nobody. I I was I grew up in the, in the Scottish Borders, and it's like you know now it's got a train line. It got a train line like two years ago, but it's this little area of Scotland, south east of Scotland, that not it's just down from Edinburgh, but not many people kind of know about when you say that's where I'm from. But um, so there was no kind of reference around me. But I remember from a work experience. I said to my mum, I'd like to go and 
you know, do dance somewhere. And I remember saying to the careers officer, I want to go and do work experience somewhere to do with dance. And they were like, okay. So we, there's this place in Edinburgh called Dance Space. And I went to Dance Space for a week. And when I was at Dance Space, there was a, a choreographer, a jazz choreographer working. So I got to kind of take part in class if I wanted to. Um, and watch a bit of rehearsals and then also just be in the office and I remember in the office the, the ladies that worked there they, they gave me loads of prospectuses for dance schools and I remember just like flicking through all these prospectuses and being like oh my god and seeing all the people dancing like I want to do that so after I'd been there I kind of knew a little bit more about what what my options were I knew that it was probably going to be going to London at some point. That seemed to be where all the dance schools were. So I told my mum about all this. And then when it came to being in sixth year at school, you know, everyone's applying for university. I was like, not applying for university. I don't want to do that. And then said, I want to apply for all these dance schools. So my mum took me to all these auditions around the country. So we went to like London for a couple, um, uh, Leeds, Dundee, um, but when when I was doing it, like always feeling, I remember I went to London, went to the Rombert School to audition, and uh, I remember feeling so out of place. There was like all these wee girls with um, Royal Ballet associates, you know, on their jumpers. Their hair is in buns. Their mums all knew each other, and then me and my mum there. And I said to my mum, when we were about to go, they were like about to call us in, and I said, I don't want to go, and she was like we have come all the way down from Scotland. You are going into that edition. I was like, I don't want to. Um, and going in and just being absolutely petrified and hating it. And that was the ballet side of it. And then we did the contemporary one an hour later or whatever. And there was a guy playing the drums and we got to roll around the floor and just feeling like, oh, okay, this is, I, this is something that I understand more um, and that I want to do. I didn't get in, but, <laughs> but it was, I don't know, yeah, I ended up going to Dundee to the Scottish school for a couple of years. And did you, and did you feel when you got there that, that it made sense that you fitted? Mm. Yeah, because everyone was Scottish for a start, um, which helped, do you know what I mean? Because I'd just been in the borders and I had, I mean, I'd been to Edinburgh a few times. I'd probably been to Glasgow once in my life. Like I hadn't seen anything. So going to Dundee, um, you see a lot in Dundee, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was great, and there were there was there was lots of different ages as well, which I think was actually quite good for me because I was. Yeah. What age are you, by the way, at this point? At that point, I was seventeen when I went to to Dundee. Yeah, but there was girls. So it was the first year that the course had lasted. So they'd always done a foundation course, which Eddie Kay um, trained on. Oh. Yeah. Fact. Um, so he, that there was always a foundation course, and then people would just go off to different dance schools around the country. But they decided they wanted to do like a three-year course. So I went. I got straight into the second year. So I did the second and third year. So we were the first ever second years, first ever third years. But because that foundation course had been there, there was people that had come back. You know, I mean, they'd, they'd been away, and then they were like, "Oh, actually, I'll come and do the second and wow. third year." So there was people that were maybe like, I don't know, like six seven years older than me or something and then there was I was one of the youngest there was a girl that was 16 as well um so yeah so she was like a year younger so it had like a yeah a, a range of ages and experience uh which I think was really good for me because I'd been in such a kind of safe space in the borders so then when I did go down to London two years later I think I was ready for it then like I, I got in to go to London the same time I got into Dundee but I chose to go to Dundee which I think was actually a good thing for me and in Dundee we did loads of um loads of improvisation loads of choreography it 
so my technique wasn't all that great, but like my my idea of um, of performing because you got to perform a lot, I think was really enhanced by going there actually. Because when I got down to London Contemporary, there was a girl that I lived with that had been there for she was going into her third year so she'd been there for two years and a lot of them just didn't want to dance anymore because they'd been so like reined in by the technique and didn't have any or as much freedom as they wanted to really express themselves so I think it, I'm really pleased I did that it that way around. Yeah there's always that talk like of in, in drama schools like about breaking you down to build you back mm. up all that kind of fame crap but um, what I wanted to ask you was did you find that it came easy to you or did you have to work really hard at a grafter? Um, when I was in Dundee, I was one of like I was I was one of the best in the class. But then when I went down to London Contemporary, I was like, shit, <laughs> like I am not good. And did that this. knock your confidence? Yeah, totally. Well, it did. But I think it made me work harder as well. Um, it, yeah, it made me work much harder. Because I had, I remember the first day at um, London Contemporary, and you you were just put in like any class, because then they would stream you into the classes that, according to your ability. But I remember standing behind this girl, this Italian girl, Federica, um, and we were doing devlapes, and she was doing a devlape in second, so your leg basically going out to the side, and her leg went right up to her ear, and I was like, what am I doing here? This is the wrong place. And there was like a girl in my year that had been at the Royal Ballet for seven years. She'd done all the kind of lower school and then wanted to do some contemporary dance. So she came to the place. So, yeah, I think I kind of had to, yeah, I, I, I upped my game when I got when I got down there. Because, it, you know, when I was in Dundee, there was me and, and another two girls that were always kind of, you know, the best in the class. And then when going down there, I was like, I am the worst. So, yeah, I think I, I worked really hard that year, definitely. And and your feelings on leaving, did you... You're after, like, working so hard. Mm. Um, yeah, what was your... What, how did you feel le- leaving? Like? I felt really excited to leave. I wanted to... I still wanted to dance. I was really... I just wanted to move and work. Whereas I think, like I was saying, that girl, um, she was called Ailey, she was in the third year, and she was like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Not wasn't up for it at all do you think sometimes it's like people go in and uh, I don't know they confuse it with a pastime or something or yeah I think so because I think if you don't know what you want to do and you just knew you really like dancing like it's a different reality like actually going in and doing it every day but I loved it I absolutely adore like I but that's what's great about doing you know what I do now like there's never a day where I'm like can't really be arsed to go into work today like I'm always I want to be there. I want to be learning and yeah. What's kept you in the game? What's kept you hungry? Oh, that's a good. I think that I think maybe the the change, like you know, from being a dancer to then doing more acting to then do doing more creative. So I think like the change, yeah, changing what I'm focusing on. I think I just really, I just really love the theatre as well. Like I have a, you know, when I'm not working, I'm going to the theatre. I'm going to you know see an exhibition or so I, I just love art <laughs> it makes me really excited and really happy and sometimes really angry and really passionate there's just something inside of me that that it just really touches so I think that's what's kept me going I suppose it's changed through the years I remember at one point when I was kind of graduated and had had a job for a few years in a dance company and then had like a couple of years that were really bad and I didn't work 
hardly at all. And that was hard because I was like, yeah, but I still always wanted to do it. Did you ever have to have any other jobs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Loads of other jobs, yeah. Um, so I worked in loads of pubs, obviously. Mm. Um, and I trained as a Pilates teacher. So when I was, like, those two years I was just talking about where I wasn't working much, I went and trained as a Pilates teacher because I knew that I couldn't do it. I've never done a desk job. I've, I'm just awful at everything like that. So I knew I couldn't be a temp or anything. So I knew I had to do something physical. So I, yeah, trained as a Pilates teacher. Um, I worked in a shop for ages as well. I did one call centre job, which actually wasn't that long ago. It was only about maybe four years ago or something. Um, so there's there's been loads of stuff. I do loads of teaching. Um, yeah, lots of, of other stuff. Yeah, well, it's, you have to. Yeah. yeah, you have to. You see, that's the other side, I suppose, mm-hmm. that people don't see that you have to yeah. earn a totally. crust. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mum and... I remember my mum when I was at, uh, at school and she we were getting doing choices for our hires and she was like, you should do um, business information. I was like, no, I shouldn't. And I didn't. And I maybe should have, <laughs> like, kind of... But just for, like, it, it was. it's for, th- you know, moments of, like, of, of, of temp work, not that I ever did any of it, but also, like, of how to use a computer properly mm. and how to do your accounts and how to, you know, things like that. So maybe I should have, I don't know. I don't know, because there was always that kind of... There were two schools of thought about it. There was the ones that... I mean, I had friends who went to drama school mm-hmm. but didn't get to drama school until they'd completed some other degree, you know, because yeah, their parents yeah. had said that. And then there were others who said, well, I don't want to have something else to fall back on because then I will fall back on but it. that's the thing. I, I knew that I never wanted to do anything else. I was very clear, like, I want to be... You know, I didn't know how it was going to evolve, but I wanted to be a dancer. And I remember, like, my friends at school just being like... Wow, and like, and then when I kind of did it, they were like, "Oh God, you you are a dancer." It's like, yeah, I don't know how, quite how that happened, but yeah. Okay, just the last few questions. Do you remember a piece of theatre or dance or movement that blew your mind? Oh, um, yes. Which one? Um, oh, well, one that sticks in my head the most was I can't remember the title of it, but it was um, Netherlands Dance Theatre, and it was when I was probably about eighteen. And it was at the Festival Theatre in Edinburgh. So we'd come down from Dundee for the for the night. And um, I, I'd never seen anybody naked on stage. And, and I suppose at that age also, like, nudity meant something quite different to me, like, looking back. And there was these uh, dancers that had these huge, big red skirts on and they were topless. And I was just, like... And, it, and what they were doing was so beautiful and so elegant and I was just amazed by it, amazed. And then also another one was a company called VTOL who used to exist, they don't exist anymore, and a dancer called Christine Devani, Devani, I can't remember how you pronounce it, and went to see, again, it was probably when I was about like 18, 19, and went to see them and there was like water on stage and there was like... Um, ramps that they could run up so they were like really high up on the set and I just remember thinking this is amazing and just like being my mind being blown by the possibilities of what could happen on stage because I think you know at school I'd done like musicals and stuff and little dance shows and even at college like doing dance shows but obviously you're a student so you're learning and the the resources are sometimes quite limited in what you can do but going to these shows and these massive theatres and just going, God, this 
this is allowed, this can happen. That's so exciting. And yeah, and especially that dancer, Christine, like just really remembering her performance. And she was like, she had short blonde hair and she was just so cool. I was like, I want to I wanna do that. Yeah. Who's been the biggest influence on your work? The biggest influence on my work? Um, probably my mom and my dad, like because they allowed me to do it. Because I like they didn't know anything about it. Like they had no clue on, you know, they'd never been to. I don't know if they'd really been to the theatre before, and so I suppose just them like going, yep, yeah. I think probably them. Yeah. Um, in da- in a in a dance language in a movement phrase, how do you know when you've achieved what you set out to do? Like how how do you know that you've achieved that expression of yeah. an idea? Um. I think I just, um, I think if you, I feel something inside if it if it moves me, or I get excited. And like when I get like when I'm watching movement, like if I'm excited by it, like I start, I catch myself in the theater or you know watching dance, I start moving myself, like not not trying to kind of copy what's happening, but just like involuntary movement that starts to happen. So I suppose if I'm watching something and if it it takes me with it, then I know that. Does that make sense? So like, rather than being like the viewer, I start to become like included in it, like it, it joined together. It reaches you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I suppose if it if it does that, yeah. Last question: If you were to find yourself dancing in your kitchen, <clears throat> what tune would that be to? Uh, uh, what tune would that be to? Oh my god! Um, so there's a band called the Young Fathers, and they're from Edinburgh, and they have a song called shame and that is yeah it makes me want to move it's brilliant yeah it's on a, an album called white men are black men i went to see them at a festival festival number six which is a little festival in wales a few years ago and they they did they did they played that album they did the whole album and shame was just my my favorite tune it's just got loads of like energy behind it and lots of anger behind it and it just makes me want to move and they i went to see them do a, a gig at the royal festival hall which was quite a, it was a weird place for them to do it because they have like a lot of energy and I don't know sometimes in concert halls things feel quite confined but they it was on uh, the general ele- day of the general election and before they sang the song they just said this is for Theresa May and then sang the song yeah. special moment everyone was like yes and like up everybody was up off their seats dancing and just the way that their music like infects people I just find unbelievable even when you're really far away from them like it just it, it hits you it just like pushes right to the back of the space and it, and I love the way that you can't really I've spoken to this uh, to a lot of people about but you can't like you can't name what type of music they play like I think it's quite hard to describe their music it feels like it's got loads of different influences it feels like they're always like rein, not reinventing what they are there's always something new to it I don't know, it's, it never never gets boring. You must have some kitchen, mind you. In my imaginary huge kitchen, yeah, be running around. But I actually, my friend did a... We made a, like a little film together once and he had this idea about... I, I was dancing in the film 
and he had this idea about this like this energy like this body just going a bit mad so he was like what song would we do it to and I was like oh we could do it to shame and it didn't mean that the, this song was ever going to be in the film but it's just like the the movement that that song evoked like in my body he wanted that kind of uh, feeling I lived in a flat that had like a little balcony and I remember us just going out into this little balcony and him filming like from above and me just dancing below <laughs> Like a mania. Yeah. Just feel that if you're in a confined space, actually, that you would be bouncing off the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... you can. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like when you go and see them, like you know, if you're watching them live, like obviously you're so you know hemmed in by loads of people around you. But there's just, I suppose it's like any gig, isn't it? Just the whole room kind of moves together. It feels really like it's coming from the earth and up. Like, yeah, hits you right in the middle. It's great. <laughs> 